0: Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode number 15 of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I am your host, Joe Curry. And today we are talking again about retirement income withdrawal strategies. This is our third episode in the series on retirement income withdrawal strategies. And the focus today is going to be on a couple of different uh, bucket strategies. So this is definitely not an all-encompassing look at bucket strategies. Advisors use them in different ways. But these are a couple of the, uh, the more popular options we're going to talk about today. So the first thing we're going to look at, and I mentioned this in kind of our overview episode is the paychecks and playchecks, which is a strategy popularized by Tom Hegna. The idea here is thinking about first and foremost, how do we make sure all of your basic income or retirement expenses are covered in retirement and making sure that those are all accounted for? And after that, then optimizing the portfolio. So. The first bucket really is a bucket where you take a a good chunk of your nest egg, your retirement savings, and we're putting it into a guaranteed income source. So, as far as purchasing, we're talking about a lifetime guaranteed lifetime annuity. And so, what an annuity is, or guaranteed lifetime annuity, is where you give money to an insurance company, and in exchange for that money, they guarantee that they will pay you a paycheck for as long as you live. So. As Tom would say, one of the advantages of uh, an annuity is it doesn't care how long you live, it will it guarantees that pay, whereas uh, stocks or bonds or, or cash, they don't care how long you live, they, they run it when they run it. So the annuity definitely has some advantages from that, that certainty, knowing you're going to have that paycheck forever. And some other guaranteed income sources would be government pensions. So here in Canada, your CPP, Canada Pension Plan, Old Age Security, so OAS, could be company pensions, specifically defined benefit pensions. So these are things like your Omer's pensions, or teachers' pensions, government pensions, things like that. And again, the idea here is making sure that you can live an okay life, uh, you know, a comfortable life off the paycheck you get from these guaranteed income sources. And then from there, the next bucket is saying, okay, well, with the money that's left over, we can build and optimize a portfolio for you. So that portfolio, you know. When I say optimized for you, it's going to be based on your objectives, your risk tolerance, all the regular things we're looking at when we're building a portfolio. And so the idea of that portfolio then is kind of twofold. So one, it is to help you keep up with inflation. You can get inflation protection from an annuity, but it's going to lower your monthly paycheck, so to speak, when you you get started, right? So there's other guarantees you can get with an annuity, but they're all trade-offs, Right. So the more options you get, so guarantees, like if you, you pass away in the first 10 years, the remaining principal goes to your family. I mean, that that costs money to have that option, to have it increase with inflation. Again, it costs you to, to have that option. And it costs you in the, in the sense that you're getting a lower initial paycheck. And so one of the big issues is, you know, over the last decade with uh, annuities is that with interest rates being so low, people just, are not able to sustain the the retirement lifestyle that they want from an annuity because they feel like they're not getting as much income as they might get from another strategy. But of course, if you go with another strategy, the strategy is not guaranteed. So while you could be further ahead, you also, you know, you could run out of money. So annuity does kind of curb that risk. the other thing with an annuity is there's mortality credits. So it's kind of like opposite of life insurance. So with life insurance, everybody pays into the pool and you know only so many people will take back out of the pool. And so that allows you to get more life insurance coverage than what you pay in premium in most cases. And so the uh, the annuity is kind of the the opposite of that is some people are going to live a lot longer than life expectancy, and they're going to be able to take a lot more out of the pool of all the people who put money into the annuities. But the flip side is some people will not live to life expectancy and they're not going to get to take out as much. So because the insurance company knows some people will not get to life expectancy, creates mortality credits, which then in turn gives you an income that's higher than if the insurance company's based that income only on interest rates at the time. So there's definitely some advantages to the annuity. Again, guaranteed you get a little bit higher interest than you would otherwise get from something like a long term government bonds. So, yeah, there are advantages. Uh, again, optimize with the portfolio. So, back to where I was going with that, that second bucket is. The way Tom would, uh, you know, put it out there is you're going to hedge against inflation. So hopefully you get some growth out of that portfolio that as that monthly paycheck you're getting from the annuity and your, and your pensions, if it starts to not cover all your expenses, you can start to take out of that portfolio to make up the difference. And the other thing he talks a lot about is the three different phases of retirement. So you have your go-go years, which these are your early years in retirement, where you generally want to spend more money because you're able to travel or you're able to get out and, you know, do more recreational activities. And then you have your kind of slow go years and in the middle of retirement. So maybe into your late seventies, early eighties, where, you know, maybe you're still healthy, but you just, you don't feel like going out as much. You don't feel like traveling as much. So you're not spending as much money. And then later on in life, you have the no-go years and that's where, you know, health starts to deteriorate. And, and there could be some excess expenses for healthcare and those later years. And so this portfolio the second bucket you're optimizing the portfolio is is also designed to give you some additional spending money in those early go-go years while you want to do travel and recreational activities all the things that are going to cost you a little bit more money than what you're going to spending later in retirement and then the third bucket is thinking about legacy so a lot of people want to make sure there's money left for their kids or for a charity or some kind of a, a legacy after they're here. And one of the downsides of the annuity is that, you know, once you give that money to the, the insurance company, most likely the kids are not getting anything back. The charity's not getting anything back out of that. But With life insurance, basically what you can do is you can just guarantee what your legacy is. So you figure out, you know, at the beginning of retirement, how much do you want to leave to kids or charity or whatever's important to you? You get a life insurance policy that pays out when you or you and your spouse pass away, so you know that that's going to be there and then you don't have to worry about the insurance company not handing anything back out of the annuity or anything being left over in, in the portfolio so that's kind of the, the third bucket there and then I mentioned uh, the the no-go years at the end of retirement so Tom also is a big advocate for long-term care insurance, or at least having a long-term care plan. So those no-go years, again, expenses can spike at the end just because you know if you're in a nursing home or you have in-home care, or you need to make modifications to your home to make it more accessible, all these different things can create some excess expenses that there may not be money left over from the, the optimized portfolio, your second bucket. So you need to have a plan for that. So the the most obvious is long-term care insurance. Now, in Canada, that's becoming harder and harder to come by. A lot of insurance companies have been getting out of that business over the last few years. And also, there's not a lot of price stability with that product. uh, In most cases, the insurance companies have the ability to to increase the price over time. And so where something like life insurance has been around for hundreds of years, insurance companies – they're pretty good at pricing that so that they're not going to lose money. So that's why they'll have guaranteed products where they're not going to change the price on you. But with long-term care insurance, it really hasn't been around that long. So it's a lot harder for them to, to have accurate pricing. So that's why they they leave the ability for them to adjust pricing over time in the contracts. So it is a little bit harder to plan for. It is a little bit harder to find in Canada, but it, but it still is an option. And then a lot of people will also look at their you know, their home equity. So if they're going to live in, in their home as long as possible, maybe they sell their home when they need uh, additional care, or they at least uh, tap into that home equity, whether it's a reverse mortgage or some kind of a home equity line of credit. And that is uh, one way of kind of tackling that long-term care expense piece at the end of retirement. So that's the Tom Hegna paychecks and playchecks strategy for buckets. So again, it, it's an annuity and other guaranteed income sources to make sure that you can maintain your lifestyle in retirement. It's the optimized portfolio to help you spend a little extra in those go-go years and, and keep up with inflation. It's life insurance for your legacy. And it's having a long-term care strategy or, or plan to make sure that you know your estate or your kids aren't, you're not going to be dependent on them in those no-go years at the end of retirement. So the next bucket strategy we'll talk about uh, is more specific just to investments. And the idea behind this income bucket strategy is looking at your different assets and having them align with the timelines of when you might spend that money. So if you can kind of visualize a a timeline and, you know, so if you have a a straight line, if you put a vertical line about three years into your, your retirement or three years ahead of where you are today, that would kind of be a typical amount to leave in cash in one of these bucketing strategies. And it could be anywhere from one to three years, but we'll just say three years. So that is making sure that there is cash, something that's very liquid. that's not going to go down with market risk, no market risk, no market volatility. So that, you know, if you want to buy groceries tomorrow, you know, that money's there and you can spend it. Or if you want to buy a car next year, you know, that money's there, you can spend it. And then, so from that line, that first line you draw at say three years, you slide across your timeline to 10 years, and then that three to 10 years, and again, it could be started a little earlier, maybe it's two to 10 years or, or one to 10 years. But the idea there is you're going to have something that is more of an income producing type asset, but there's going to be a little bit of risk there. And ideally, what this bucket is going to do for you is it's going to create returns that are going to at least keep you up with or a little bit ahead of inflation. So, you know, most typically in this bucket, we would see bonds that would be, you know, What we see most often there. You may have some low risk type balanced funds where there's a little bit of stocks mixed in with some bonds. But the idea here is that you don't have to worry about a market crash affecting your ability to spend, right? So we go to, you know, 2008, for example, took the the markets approximately five years to recover. So, you know, when they peaked in 2007, they crashed in 2008 and didn't start the recovery until partway through uh, 2009. And by the time they went from that first peak and they got back to where the peak was in 2007, we're about five years. So by having your bucket of, say, three years of cash and then another seven years, these low-risk investments like bonds or, and, again, maybe some low-risk balance funds, it gives you lots of time for a market recovery where you're not having to sell stocks, right? And so the way that this works is you still have stocks, which is your growth bucket, which are intended to keep you growing ahead of inflation, to help you you know, create some uh, additional capital to draw income from later and replenish these, this income bucket. And so the idea here is that when stocks are doing well, so anything in your portfolio for spending beyond 10 years is going to be in stocks. So when they're doing well, you can replenish your cash so that the next three years of what you need for withdrawals or income, you can replenish it from stocks while they're up. If stocks are down, but your medium bucket, or so the middle bucket from three to 10 years is, uh, is doing well, you can replenish your cash from your, your bonds. We we'll call it the bond bucket in the middle. Or if bonds and stocks are both having a, a bad year, you have multiple years of cash where you can draw withdrawals from to make sure that you can take care of your expenses for that one to three years right and so the idea here again is really all about making sure that you don't have to spend your stocks or sell your stocks while they're low there's always time for them to recover so obviously that's not a guarantee but if we look at 2008 you know the worst uh, market bear market that we've seen in roughly 100 years 10 years was more than enough time for a recovery so probably the reason this strategy works best is from a behavioral standpoint when we see I guess our our investments are allocated to different objectives. So in this case, different timelines, it's like a mental accounting exercise. So it's going back to maybe when you were younger, your grandparents or your parents, or maybe even you use like the envelope method of budgeting, right? So they got their paychecks, they took out cash and they put some cash for groceries. They put some cash for the hydro bill. They put some cash for taxes, whatever it is that humans really like that mental accounting where they know everything is accounted for. It allows uh, allows us to sleep at night, I guess you could say. So, especially for someone who's a more conservative investor and they have a hard time thinking about owning stocks in retirement because uh, they think about risk when they think stocks, this is a, a good way to separate those stocks into this growth bucket where they know that that's something they don't have to touch for 10 years. So if it's down, the market's down, they don't have to stress. They haven't been through a 10-year period where where stocks were still down. So they know that money's going to be there 10 years down the road when they need it, or at least can be pretty confident it is. So one of the downsides of the strategy, though, is there's no rebalancing back into stocks when stocks are down. So it's not the most optimal strategy in the sense that if we had a And and basically, just so you know, this portfolio will typically start with about 50% in cash and bonds, and then about 50% will be in that growth bucket, that 10 years out bucket. And so if stocks go down, and they're down to 40%, and we're just slowly taking income out of that, you know, the defense side of the bucket, the bonds and the cash, but we're not putting money back into the stocks. When stocks recover, we haven't bought them while they're low. So if we had a different strategy where it was just to target 50% bonds and cash and 50% stocks, then the way that we would handle that is if stocks were down, we would actually buy some stocks. And so that's typically going to be a little bit more efficient from managing the portfolio and having better long-term returns. But if that means that you can't sleep at night and you're not going to stick with the strategy, the bucket strategy works better because you're going to stay invested. You're not going to be tempted to pull that money out of the market in that long-term growth bucket. So it really is all about the behavioral aspect of the strategy that works, especially again for for conservative investors. Now, again, the other downside about the bucket strategy that we're talking about right now is what tends to happen is if if there's a bad sequence of return, and we talked about sequence of return risk in an earlier episode. So the, the returns are bad early on in retirement the portfolio would typically actually get more conservative and while you know it is a common belief that as someone gets older they should have a more conservative portfolio you know there's recent studies from the last decade that really show it's actually optimal to slightly increase the amount you have in stocks as you get further into retirement and you get through that sequence of return risk early on now, that's not to suggest that you know uh, an 80-year-old should have 100% stocks. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that if you're a little bit more conservative early in retirement and you get a bad sequence of returns, so returns are really bad early on, you're not going to get hit as bad. And then uh, if you slowly shift to a little bit more stocks, you're going to be there for the recovery when we get back out of that bad sequence. The flip side is if you are... Conservative early on, but you get a very good sequence, so good returns early in retirement. Your portfolio is probably going to grow enough that you're way ahead of what you had anticipated in the first place. So even if you've added a little bit of stocks uh, later on in, in retirement and we get a bad market later on, you're probably far enough ahead that you, you know, you're tracking ahead of your goals anyway. So we use a, a combination of uh, strategies in our firm. And so kind of our preferred method is is using the dynamic strategies we talked about last episode. So it's having a plan that allows our our clients to take out more money in those early years, but also know when they're taking out too much of the portfolio and they need to adjust. And we do to, uh, I guess some aspect, we use a bucketing strategy, but we do encourage the rebalancing. So we do think about a defense bucket and and a growth bucket. But if stocks are doing really bad, like in in the pandemic in 2020, when things are really bad in the market, we were rebalancing clients from their defense bucket back into stocks, and so that paid off quite well because we, you know, our clients were there for that recovery that we've seen for the last couple of years since then. So we'll do uh, another episode in the future that dives a little bit more into investment strategies for retirement because that's not really the purpose of this. It's really talking about how are we managing your withdrawals. So. This episode, we've talked about Tom Hagen's paychecks and playchecks, which is really about making sure there's some guaranteed income from in your uh, in your portfolio for retirement, so that you can sleep at night. And using the portfolio and life insurance to, to meet your other your goals. The second bucketing strategy, again, it's just about allocating different asset types or different types of investments, cash or bonds or stocks, to your different objectives, specifically your your timelines. So cash for really short term, bonds and income paying assets for Kind of midterm, that three to three to 10 year time frame and over 10 years is is being in the market and getting growth from markets. So that's it for a bucket strategy. And that's uh, also it for our retirement income strategies. So again, we've done three episodes on this. If you didn't see the other two, first one was on our more traditional kind of projections and and safe withdrawal rates. So for example, the 4% rule. Or running Monte Carlo analysis on uh, financial planning software to come up with projections of, of how much you can spend for a certain time period, 30 or 40 years, and not run out of money. And then we moved on last episode to our dynamic withdrawal strategies. So, those are our, our guardrails, so, getting and cling our guardrails, some inflation adjustment strategies that help rein in spending if, uh, if inflation is too high or portfolio is not doing well. And again, today we just wrapped up with the buckets. So this is, you know, this series has been a pretty good overview of retirement income withdrawal strategies, but it's definitely not all-encompassing, right? So there are other strategies out there, other variations of the strategies we talked about. Like I said, we talked a little bit about investing in retirement today, but it wasn't really the main focus. So that also is going to alter how all these strategies work, depending on, on how you invest, what your portfolio looks like, your risk tolerance, all those kind of things. But hopefully that this overview has opened your eyes a little bit to the idea that there's not just one way to do it. So, you know, if your experience is being just running a, a projection and here's how much you can spend now, hopefully, you know, you know, there's ways that you can spend more money as long as you're willing to, you know, tighten your belt a little bit if, if things get tough and you're willing to follow a plan, there's ways to guarantee income if that, you know, the annuities make sense to you. So just things that it's important to know when you're planning at your retirement, And it's important to get clear on what is your strategy, right? So what you don't really want to do is jump around from one strategy to the next, right? You want to kind of get clear on what are you comfortable with? What's a strategy that you can stick with and implement through your retirement, right? So again, hopefully that's helped you open your eyes to that. In the future, again, we will talk a little bit more about the investing in retirement. So thank you for joining me again on this episode of uh, Your Retirement Planning Simplified. do have a couple action items to leave you with today one is basically what i just mentioned is it's get really clear on what your strategy is the second one is you know dive deeper into that strategy once you find one you're comfortable with so that if you're executing this on your own you're you know you're not making it up as you go and you're very clear on what actions you need to take when certain events happen right so if you leave it to your emotions you're probably not going to make the best decisions but if you have the plan worked out ahead of time and it's a lot easier to stick to it when it's kind of a rules-based plan. It's so the second piece to that is if you're not comfortable doing this on your own, find a financial planner, uh, reach out and have a conversation with maybe multiple planners to see which one can help you plan the strategy that that you're comfortable with, the one that you do want to execute on. And if you're listening to, the, to this and, and you're thinking about your retirement plan, and you probably have some friends who are also in a similar situation. So you know, I'd highly encourage you to, to share this episode and, and this whole series with, uh, with other friends or family or who are planning for this type of thing too, so that they know about their options and they can educate themselves to, to make sure they're making smart decisions about their money. So again, thanks for joining me and I look forward to tuning in with you on the next episode. Take care.
0: Investment services are provided through Matthews and Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc., ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI Matthews and Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.